Jesus, amen. I will start where Pastor Louis James uh, encouraged you when we were at the baptism. That this is actually like a calling. I remember when Jesus called all the people, he would call them and the other one, are you ready to follow? Are you ready to follow? So you guys have today say we want to publicly declare that we have decided to follow Jesus. There used to be this song, I have decided to follow. I have decided. Amen. You have decided. And then in Venda, they've got the other one that says, Amen. It's like I have decided, I've decided to follow Jesus and I will follow him with the rest of my being. Amen. And uh, those of you who were baptized today, again, just to say special thanks that you were bold enough to declare Jesus even before people. Because as we know that baptism is actually a symbol. It symbolizes that you died with Christ. You died to your sins. But you rose again from the dead in newness of life. Just as Christ Jesus died and rose again, you also died and you rose with him. And like the pastor said, there is a road ahead. And each of you, the Lord wants you to live to the potential that he has created you to live. Amen. Amen. Each of us, when we come here on earth, there is something special that the Lord has assigned for us. And now that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you got baptized, now there is a work ahead. Amen. Amen. Today I just want to talk about the Great Commission. So with this, I'll be talking to those that were baptized today to those that haven't even accepted Christ yet, to those that have been in the Lord for years, and to those of us who are ministers of the gospel. So every one of us, when we come to church, we want the Lord to minister to us. So can you start with me to the book of, in the book of Matthew chapter 28? And Pastor Louis James, I'm glad that we are fulfilling a mandate. We are commissioned. Amen. We fulfill a mandate. You know the politicians, they are very good at this mandate business. They know that when you are given a mandate, you must fulfill the mandate. So the good thing with us, we receive the mandate from the master Jesus. And we will be faithful to the assignment. So, Mr. MJ, can we go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20 in the New King James Version? I want you to listen to what the mandate is. And what is the commission? So, which means, if you are a child of God, you need to be asking yourself, am I obedient to the master's mandate? Because Jesus is our commander-in-chief. He gives us instructions, and we obey. So, Mr. MJ, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to, and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I like how Jesus starts. He starts by showing that he is in control, he is in charge. So when you have a relationship with the Lord and you come to Jesus, you are coming to somebody who is the Almighty, who has all the authority and all the power, that you should desire to be with him because no power of the enemy can overcome him. So you do yourself a favor by aligning yourself with Jesus, who has all the authority. Continue. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Okay, so he says all the authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Where does Jesus have authority? In heaven and on earth. How does Jesus exercise his authority on earth? Through you and me. Amen. So when he says he's got authority in heaven and earth, now he commissions us. He says, go therefore uh and make disciples of all the nations. So it seems like Jesus did not exclude any of the nations, any of the tribes. 
So do I have some of the nations here among us? Amen. Amen. And we have to make disciples. It doesn't say go and make converts. It's easy to make a convert. But it talks about make them disciples. How do we make them disciples? Uh Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tell your neighbor it's scriptural to be baptized. Amen. So, Pastor Louis James, I'm glad that we are fulfilling the mandate. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. What else? Teaching them to okay. observe. Okay, now, Pastor, you just baptized them and I'm here to teach them. Amen. 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 We are fulfilling the mandate. Amen. 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 I need to teach you. So that's why you shouldn't miss church. Because you need to be trained. You need to receive instructions. You cannot be a disciple if you are not taught. Okay? Actually, a disciple is is like a student. You are in training. And I think when people tell you and they want to discourage you from going to church, tell them, I'm in training. I'm a disciple. Amen? Amen. I follow. Mm Mm-hmm. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Mm -hmm. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Let's look at how Mark puts it, the same scripture in Mark 16. 15 to 20, we'll read in the Good News Translation, GNT. Mark 16, 15 to 20. Now, where I have shared with you, Jesus had said he was given all the authority in heaven and on earth. But then he commissions us to go into the world to make disciples. And we need to baptize you when you believe. But we also need to teach you. But then, Mark, in Mark actually, it's expounded even more. So that you may know that from the time that you believe to the time that you will meet your master, there is an assignment in between. And you need to fulfill that. So read it with us in the book of Mark chapter 16, 15 to 20. He said to them, go throughout the whole world and preach the gospel to all people. So can we say including Easter River, including Beacon Valley, including Mitchell's Plain, including whatever. Amen. So it says go throughout the whole world and do what? And preach the gospel. And preach the gospel. We tell you the good news. I'm here to tell you the good news. Okay, verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptized. Oh, okay. Believes and baptized. Oh, you've done well. Amen. You've fulfilled scriptures. I remember one time when John wanted to refuse to baptize Jesus. Jesus said, let it be so for now so that we may fulfill the scriptures. We may fulfill all righteousness. So we need to fulfill the scriptures because some of you say, Pastor, what if I believe and I don't get baptized? Does it mean I will not go to heaven? There was one man in the cross who believed in Jesus when he was on the cross and then Jesus said, tonight you will be with me in paradise. That man was not baptized. So if you are on the cross, it's fine. We don't have to (laughs) baptize you. But you're not on the cross. (laughs) So if you want to copy that one on the cross, then you must be on the cross. Then you've got all the excuses not to be baptized. But here it says, when you believe, we need to baptize you. And continue. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Mm -hmm. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay. The reason why I said I want to speak to everyone, including those that have not believed even yet. Sometimes we are too nice and don't tell you that if you don't believe, you will be condemned. Because it's like, who are you to tell me? Don't you think you are judging me? But it just says, whoever does not believe will be condemned. I didn't say that. Your Bible said it. Is it in your Bible? It's yours. Okay, so as much as we preach the love of God, we also need to tell you about the judgment awaiting those 
who do not believe, who intentionally choose to say, leave me to live my own life. I've got the freedom to do what I want to do. It says whoever believes, it's a choice. You will be baptized and you are saved. Those who do not believe, it's their choice, but they will be condemned. Now, after you believe, what happens to believers now, Mr. MJ? Will be given the power to perform miracles. Okay. Thank you, Pastor, for telling us they are, they are called, they are starting on a journey. So in this journey, now when we are believers, we don't just get born again and rush to heaven. We get born again and do some work. So he says believers will be given the power to perform miracles. Mm -hmm. They will drive out demons in my name. Yes. When you are a child of God and you are a believer, you can drive out demons in the name of Jesus. And you say, I command you to come out of here in Jesus' name. And you speak as one who has authority. Because you are connected to Jesus who said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given unto me. And I'm also giving you then the mandate. Go with my authority and exercise dominion. Mm Mm-hmm. They will speak in strange tongues. Yes. When you hear some of us speaking in other tongues, we are believers. And these signs are following us. Continue. If they, if they pick up snakes or drink any poison, they will not be harmed. That's why I like it in the good news. It says if. It doesn't say when. when. <laughs> okay. I want to give you, yeah, blessing. The other time you picked up a snake, my son. <laughs> and it did him no harm. So what happened is that at home, after you, you, put, the, you put the washing on, 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 on line, and then something fell down. And I think a snake thought that's a good place to hide. Now, Blessing is going to collect his, his clothes. And then he picked, up, <laughs> he picked up the snake, and he was not harmed. Amen. 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 Yes. So, you don't have, you remember Paul the other time, in the island of Malta, after they had a shipwreck. when they were collecting wood for fire and they were making fire, then a serpent fastened itself on Paul. And people looked at him and thought he was going to die because that was a poisonous snake. They looked at him. At first they said, this man should be a sinner because he just survived the shipwreck and now... The wrath of God is not abating on him. The snake now just bite him and he's going to die. The Bible says they looked at him thinking that he was going to swell and fell down and died. Later they realized nothing is happening to this man. They said, he must be a God. (laughs) Why is it that this snake has got no power over him? So even here it says, and if they drink any poison. Okay, so if you think you are drinking a drink, and somebody has thrown in a poison. You were not drinking a poison. You, were, you thought you were drinking a drink. So therefore, it should not harm you. Amen. 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 It's what follows believers. Because otherwise, you will be a believer who always lives in fear. You're always checking. Hey, I just want to make sure they are not pouring anything there. <laughs> then you're living in fear. Amen. Continue. They will place their hands on sick people, Mm. and this will get well. Amen. So when we lay hands on you, you get healed. Because we are authorized. Amen. We are authorized. And when we lay hands on you, heaven backs us up, and you get healed. That's what follows believers. So it means after I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm not just waiting to rush to heaven. There is work to do. 
We've got to go out into the world and preach. You go and testify what Jesus has done for you. You remember the Samaritan woman? The Samaritan woman, after she had an encounter with Jesus, she went back to the village. Come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? She started already preaching without knowing any more scriptures. She talked about what, come and see the man who told me what I have done. So when you want to start ministering, when you are a child of God and you are still new in the Lord, talk about your own testimony. They can't take that away from you. I remember one man, he could defeat the scholars who had a lot of knowledge of scriptures. You remember the man who was born blind? And then Jesus healed him. And then those Pharisees and the Sadducees of the time, they were saying, no, that man is a sinner. How does he heal you on a Sabbath? So he's a sinner. And that man said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I know, I was blind and now I see. And that is the man who made me whole. How do you defeat such a person? He's not telling you a lot of scriptures. He's just saying, this is the man. This is the man who gave me my sight. So if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have a testimony. Amen. You say, the Lord has changed my life. I'm talking about the Jesus in me. And they will try and reason with you and say, is Jesus really there? Is God really there? What about this? And they give you a bit of science. So, there is a Jesus who made a difference in my life. I'm testifying about this Jesus. Amen. Amen. Verse 19 and 20. After the Lord Jesus had talked with them, he was taken up to heaven and sat at the right side of God. Mm. The disciples went and preached everywhere. I like this. The disciples were obedient to the mandate. They were obedient to the commission. So Jesus told them, but after he departed, they didn't say, oops, yes, he's away. We can relax. After he was gone, the disciples went and preached everywhere. And that's why we are also born again today. Somebody preached to us. And that's why you also need to preach to somebody tomorrow. Amen. Amen. And propagate this kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. Continue. And the Lord worked with them. Yeah. And proved that their preaching was true by the miracles that were performed. I like it when it is the Lord who vindicates our preaching. You know that sometimes if you are, maybe you are a pastor or you are servant of the Lord, and you want to make things on your own, you want to make a name for yourself, then you are under pressure to perform. But when you are a servant of the Lord who knows the Lord has called you, you just are faithful to the mandate. And the mandate giver will confirm that that is my weight. So it says here, they went and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and proved that their teaching was true by the miracle that were performed. So we tell you what the Lord has said and he confirms his word in your life. Even when we tell you now, we tell you what God has said and you believe it and you see it working. Now you become a witness. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 1. Verse 4 to 8 in the New King James Version. Because I want to link this with when we receive a mandate, we also, we get a mandate to go and do the work, but we also get empowered to do the work. Okay? So in other words, the Lord does not give us a mandate and not, give, and not empower us to deliver. Okay? Look at it with me in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 8, New King James Version. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, Mm. which he said, you have heard from me. Okay. So, you remember it says, Jesus left, and when he left his disciples, he had given them a mandate. But now in Acts, it tells us, actually, when he left, he also told them, don't, Live here 
until you've received the promise of the Father. The work ahead of you does not need human strength. It needs the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason why sometimes in your Christian work you are going to struggle, we told you last week when we were talking about fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that you will struggle in your life because you are trying to do the Lord's work from the flesh. That's why it becomes heavy and difficult. So he says, don't move. I know that you have believed in me, but I want you to be empowered before you go out and do the work. Continue. For John truly baptized with water. Okay, so there is water baptism, mm. which is what you guys have received today. Mm. Okay. Uh -huh. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he talks about two kinds of baptism here. Water baptism and baptism with the Holy Spirit. Continue. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know now times or season which the Father has put his own authority. Mm. But you shall receive power. Amen. Dunamis. Hey. Dynamite. Hey. That word there, power, it's just that in English they use the word power. Mm. Okay? They say the original rendition, Greek word for that is the word dunamis, which is the word where we get the word dynamite from. Imagine if somebody says, wait for a dynamite. I want, to, I want you to receive the dynamite so that when you go, you know you've got a dynamite. So it's worth the wait. But you shall receive power, dynamite, dynamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Yes. And you shall be my witness to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, Easter Refer, and to the end of the earth. You see, amen. So we were not excluded. He says, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the end of the earth. So everywhere, we are going to be witnesses. But when we witness, we do that having a dynamite, having received power. So I want to just explain what this portion of scripture that we read. It says, John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from here. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, he says you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, I want to give you a difference. There is a difference between the word upon and in. Isn't it? So, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you accept Jesus in your heart. And you've got the Spirit of the Lord in you. Okay? That is the first experience with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in me. As a child of God, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. But there is another thing called the Holy Spirit upon you. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Those of you who were baptized today, did you have water in you or water over you? Okay. So when you are baptized, you are immersed, you are engulfed. So when he says the Holy Spirit upon you, the Holy Spirit on you, he's not talking about the Holy Spirit in you. Let me show it to you in scriptures. Let's go to John 4.14. Because you need to understand this. Again, to say, as a child of God, when I've started this journey, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've got the Holy Spirit in me as a child of God. But then, when I want to go and minister, like the disciples were told, wait for the promise of the Father, because he wants now to empower you to minister. So the Holy Spirit in me is for my own personal use. The Holy Spirit in me 
So go with me to, to the book of John, uh, Mr. MJ, John 4.14, New King James Version. The Holy Spirit in you is like a fountain, a well, which is for personal use. A fountain or a well. If you read throughout the Bible, especially in the book of Genesis, you will hear uh, Isaac making a well for himself, that one making a well. That's your personal thing to use. So when I've got the Holy Spirit in me, I've got God in me. I can fellowship with him. Okay? I've got that personal encounter with the Lord. This is what he says. So read it. John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him yeah. will never thirst. Yeah. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Last week I told you, those of you who were here, as you're going to, I want us to connect it with John 7, 37 to 39, New King James Version. I want to put these two scriptures juxtaposed. So last week I told some of you to say, I want to talk about two kinds of thirsts. There is a thirst that you have before you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, which is like, that's why people get into drugs, into alcohol, any other thing, trying to fill the void, trying to fill the thirst. Okay? So Jesus says, whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. So it means when I accept Jesus, I quench, I quench that first kind of thirst that unbelievers are chasing after things to try and fill the void. He says, the water that I shall give him will become what? A fountain in him. But now look at John 7, 37 to 39. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts... Okay, now again. If anyone thirsts, uh -huh. let him come to me and drink. Mm. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I want you to look at, because it's the same John, you can't say, and it's the same New King James Version. So it can't be that is the same thing that he was talking there. Because in the other one, he says, the water will become in him a fountain. The same John and the same New King James Version. Yea, it doesn't say the water will become a fountain. It says it becomes rivers of living waters. So read verse 39. But this... He spoke concerning the Spirit, mm -hmm. whom those believing in him will receive. Yeah. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, yeah. because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, so I said to you, the first thirst that we had, I was thirsty before I knew the Lord, and I had a certain thirst that only Jesus can feel, can quench. So that is the water that he gives me, and I never thirst again. And I have the Holy Spirit as the fountain in me for personal fellowship with the Lord. But the second part says, there will be rivers flowing. When a river flows, usually those of you who see a river, you don't know where the river started. The river started somewhere as a fountain, as a well. But now it's no longer just being used by those. It's flowing. And wherever the river goes, it's giving life. Can we go to the book of Ezekiel? Because I want to connect this river so that you can understand that even in our relationship with the Lord, even those who have started, who were baptized today, you knew the Lord before or whatever, but the journey that you are embarking on, you determine how deep you want to walk with the Lord. That's why you would find in church there are some Christians who are not serious. You say it's prayer, meeting time, they don't come. You say it's church service, they don't come. And if they come, they come late. What can you do to me? To us, it just shows how serious or not serious you are with your God. So look at this. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, 1 to 9 in the NIV. 
I want to show you these levels of our kind of fellowship or intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Okay? We heard there is a fountain, but we also heard there are rivers. Now, I can move to that level of studying and grow with the Lord and I can go deeper. But somebody can tell you, who are you to tell me this? I've been in the Lord for 30 years, but you're still in the baby steps. So read for us. Ezekiel 47, 1 to 9. And brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold. Okay, the I temple. want us to equate this water with the water that we just had in, in John. Okay? I want you to equate those waters. Continue. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. So here they don't tell us whether the water was a fountain or was it a river or what kind of water. It just says, I saw water. Mm. Okay, let's continue with it. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple. Yeah. South of the altar. Mm. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around okay. the outside. Okay, I want us to look at the word, led me. Okay. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads. So it's your decision whether you want to follow as he leads you. So he says, Then he led me. I voluntarily followed as he led me. And look. Mm-hmm. Around the outside to the outer gate facing east. Yeah. And the water was trickling from the south side. So the water was just trickling. Just a little bit of water. That's just the trickling stage. We, we, that's a good start, but that's not the end. You can't be always... That's a start. So the water was just trickling. Continue. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand. So he had a measuring line. Look, think of this as if you are going either to the sea or in a pool. You start from the shallow place. So he had a measuring line. Uh He measured off a thousand cubits. So he measured a thousand cubits. Uh-huh. And led me through water that was and ankle deep. He led me through that water. But the water was how deep? Ankle deep. No wonder, because it just trickled. <laughs> Continue. He measured off another thousand cubits. So tell your neighbor he's getting deeper. He's getting deeper. This is the real deeper, not the other deeper you had. <laughs> okay. Continue. And led me through water that was a knee deep. So, he measured a thousand, and then the water was to the ankle. He measured, but he's leading me. I could choose to remain ankle deep. That's my choice. But if he wants to get me deeper with me, so he measures another thousand, and now the water was to the knees. Is that it? No. He measured off another thousand. Are you not getting tired to follow this man? No, 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 no. I mean, he just measured and now he's keeping on. The deeper you go, the deeper you, he wants you to go. The deeper you go, the deeper he wants you to go. Amen. Okay, he measured another thousand. Uh-huh. And led me through water that was up to the waist. Hey, say, we're getting deeper. We're getting deeper. Amen. Uh-huh. He measured off another thousand. Yeah. But now it was a river that I could not cross. Say, ow. (laughs) Now it was a what? A river. Do you remember the other river? Now it's a river. Continue. Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. Mm -hmm. A river that no one could cross. Yeah. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Mm. Say yes. 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 Uh Then he led me back. 
to the bank of the river. Yeah. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. Yeah. It said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region. Okay, let's start. So, the water, we heard about where this water was coming from. Mm. You heard that, isn't it? Mm. And it was going. Mm. So, he says it's flowing toward where? The eastern region. Okay. So, this water is flowing toward mm. the eastern region. Uh -huh. And goes down into the Arabah. So, goes down into the Arabah. Say, the other versions will say into the desert. Mm. Where so, if the water goes to the desert, what becomes of that desert? The desert starts to get life. Continue. Where it enters the Dead Sea. Now, they say it enters the Dead Sea. Those, I hear those who have gone to Israel, they say the Dead Sea, the water doesn't move. Mm. It's like a swampy water. So, but what happens when this water comes? When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Hey, mm. I like this water. Yeah. I like this water because it doesn't matter the condition where this water is coming. As long as this water flows, wherever this water goes, continue to read it. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. So wherever the river flows, continue. Mm. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. Mm -hmm. So wherever this river flows, yeah. everything will live. Amen. Amen. Can you tell your neighbor, wherever this river goes, there will be life. Amen. As I move with the Holy Spirit, where I go, people who wanted to commit suicide, they just start feeling like, you came with something here, my brother. I was thinking of committing, but now I can't, I can't, I can't. Amen. That river is starting to touch lives. You come to a place and people didn't know what to do. They were giving up. Like when Jesus came, when Peter and the friends were giving up when they were fishing. But when the master came, he said, launch into the deep and for a catch. As long as the Jesus factor is there, you always have a way out. Amen. Amen. So wherever this river goes, there will be life. And that is the life that we all have if you are a child of God. So it starts when I accept Jesus. Of course, if you haven't accepted Jesus, you don't even have a trickle. At least you can sing like the Samaritan woman, hear me a big water. Just want a bit of water so that I can start. And when you've got that big water, don't end there. Move deeper with the Lord each step of the way. To an extent that the Lord also now starts using you to touch the lives of others. So it starts with me being ministered to. As I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But the journey ahead requires for me to go out into the world and make disciples. Requires of me to start going out there and as I lay hands on the sick, they recover. It requires of me to go out there and preach the gospel. And the Lord confirms his word in my life. And wherever the river goes, there will be life. So I want just to encourage you, if you are a Christian... Let it be that when you come to a place, may people, may you leave people in a better state than before they met you. Because some of you, you come to a state, to a place, and you're always grumbling, always, ish. So you, you, you make us tired, man. We want life. So what kind of a river are you bringing? Maybe that's the salty water of the sea. Okay? But we want this fresh water. Okay? The fresh water that would make somebody feel valued. The flesh, fresh water that makes somebody feel, oh, it doesn't matter where I came from. Pastor was saying at home, he read for them that book in, in, in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. When Jeremiah had this hesitation and this, uh, he was not sure. Lord, I'm, 
just a youth. So there are many things that can make you feel like I'm not worthy. So how do I get that assurance? So the Holy Spirit reassures me that I'm a child of God. He deposits the Spirit of the Lord in me as a guarantee that I'm now a child of God. Amen. Amen. That people can try and prove it with science and say there is no God, but you just know there is a God. You just know, he, I have Jesus in my heart. He saved me. Amen. And sometimes you don't even need to prove it. Tell them, taste and see that the Lord is good. So you won't know it until you taste it. Amen. So I don't have to prove it to you. Taste. Amen. So go with me to the Colossians, the book of Colossians. We're starting to wind down because we need to celebrate with them. But I want to show you that as the Holy Spirit is transforming my life and also the word that I receive transforms me. Amen. Colossians 1 verse 6 in the NLT. Because where it says wherever this river goes, there will be life. So it means... Wherever the Holy Spirit or you as a child of God who has the Holy Spirit in you, may it be that wherever you go, you bring life. May it be that wherever you go, people start having hope. May it be that even in our churches, we feel refreshed, Pastor, by those people who are led by the Spirit. If you've got congregants that are carnal, they will weigh you down. Because all they think is their flesh. They are led by their flesh. But the Christians who are led by the Spirit, they cooperate well with the anointing of their pastor. Amen. So it means, sometimes we wonder. You see, there's this thing. Sometimes we expect from you to behave like somebody that has tasted the goodness of God, who is a child of God. Because we saw you keeping on coming to church. We thought you had accepted Jesus already. But the way you behave... You make us wonder. Did you really have an encounter with the Lord? Because if you had had an encounter with the Lord, things were supposed to be different. You were supposed to be a changed person. So look at it with me in Colossians 1.6, NLT. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Okay, I want you to look at this. The first part where we read when Jesus said, go into the world. Okay? And it says they went out preaching everywhere. So it says this same good news is going out all over the world. So as this good news is going, it's also going like that river that keeps on flowing. But wherever the river goes, it brings life. So this good news is going out all over the world. What is this good news doing? It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Amen. Mm. What does the word of God do? It changes lives. It comes and finds somebody who is a soul, who is persecuting Christians, who is a cruel man, and turns him around to be a servant of the Lord. So this good news is going out everywhere, changing lives. So if you have had an encounter with the Lord, we will see it by a changed life in you. It's not enough just to come to church. Okay? It's not enough. You need to be changed. You need to be transformed. It's like those of you who are baptized today. Baptism is just an outer symbol of what has happened in your heart. The other time I was saying to some believers, if you take a sinner, somebody who did not accept Jesus, those of you who baptize people before they accept Jesus, this is what you are doing. If you take a sinner, whether it's a child sinner or whatever sinner, and you baptize them you, when nothing has changed in their heart, and you take them out, the only change is you put a, a dry sinner into the water, you get a wet sinner out. That's the only change. Because nothing has changed in you. So, but the gospel, it says, this good news is going out everywhere, bearing fruit by changing lives. 
transforming our lives, metamorphosing our lives, that you would be a different person once you have an encounter with the Lord. Eh? Just as it changed your lives from the day you first had. So it means this good news has changed my life. Mm. Now, I can also now be an agent of change to others. Amen. I've been given a ministry of reconciliation. If anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. And he has given us a ministry of reconciliation. As if God was imploring you through us, be ye reconciled. Amen. So, the good news has changed my life, but now... It's also going out, changing the lives of others. So even those of you who are baptized today, the rest of us, if you say you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there are many lives that still need to be transformed. There are many lives out there who need an encounter with the Lord. May you carry the river of God to them and bring life to them. So read with me 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6 to 12 NLT. 1 Samuel 10, 6 to 12 NLT. So, I like it that the word of God always, you see, there are two things. It will tell us about the word, but it also tells us about the spirit. And always the word of God should be aligned to his spirit. That's why in the book of Isaiah, the Lord says, this is my covenant with them. My spirit upon them and my word in their heart shall not depart from their mouth. So, I've got the word of God and I've got his spirit upon me. And with that combination, I've got the God's creative power in me. Amen. 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 So now, it says the word is going out, changing lives. But look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 10, 6 to 12, NLT. At that time, the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. So the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. Mm -hmm. And you will prophesy with them. Mm -hmm. You will be changed into amen. a different person. Let us say amen. amen. When you have an encounter with the word of God, when you have an encounter with the spirit of the Lord, you will be changed. If you are not changed, pastor, sometimes we spend a lot of time with people who are not changed. And you try to whip this. This, this, this horse will never move. <laughs> Nothing has happened in this horse's heart. Okay. So we need the change that comes from the word of God, the change where the spirit himself transforms you, where he metamorphoses you into a different person. Can you repeat that part? You will be changed. You will be changed into, into a different person. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So when you are changed into a different person, it means... You can't come to me and tell me the things I did before I knew the Lord. I'm a different person. I'm a brand new man. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. Amen. I'm a new creation. So he says you will be changed into a different person. And then continue. Because it was Samuel here telling Saul. Mm. Saul, we know you are hard-hearted. But when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you will be changed. You will be transformed into a different person. Mm -hmm. After these signs take place... Mm. Do what must be done, yeah. for God is with you. Yes. Then go down to Gilgal ahead of me. Yeah. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. Yeah. You must wait seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. These things of waiting and getting further instructions. Some of you, in your Christian work, you don't have somebody who guides you. You just move. The reason why God anointed some of us as pastors is so that we may shepherd you. Amen? Wait for instructions. Continue. 
as Saul turned and started to live, yeah. God gave him a new heart. I like people whom God transforms. A new heart. Continue. And all Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. Mm-hmm. When, some, when Saul and his servant arrived at Gibeah, they saw a group of prophets coming towards them. Yeah. Then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul. Amen. Uh-huh. And he too, hallelujah, began to prophesy. So the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Saul. Mm. And he too, because he was changed now. Mm. He was a different person now. He is not that Saul that you knew. So because even some of you, people always judge you by what they once knew you to be. Tell them, I'm a different person now. Mm. The spirit of the Lord has transformed me. Mm. The good news of the gospel has changed my life. Amen. Continue. When those who knew Saul heard about it, they exclaimed, What? Is even Saul a prophet? Oh, How did the son of Kish become a prophet? They were surprised. So some of you, even those of you who have not as yet accepted Jesus, I'm going to make an altar call for you so that we don't leave you out. Once you accept Jesus and you have accepted the real Jesus that some of us has accepted, you will be a different person. And people will be amazed. Maybe you were this kind of a husband who was always shouting at your wife and kicking her. Once you accept Jesus, the children will start seeing, this is a different deity. What happened? What happened? And you can tell them, the spirit of the Lord has come mightily upon me. And I'm a changed person. There is something in me now. Continue. And one of those standing there said, can anyone become a prophet no matter who his father is? I want us to ask that question. I want you guys to look at that question. Can anyone become a prophet no matter who his father is? It can happen if you are a changed person. If you had had an encounter with the Lord. By the way, the things of the Lord, it doesn't matter even your background. Some of you, you might say, but I come from a poor family. You remember Gideon saying, my my, my clan is even the, the least in Manasseh. What have you seen in me? So it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter who your father is. The Lord can use you. As long as you have received the real Jesus. As long as you are sold out to him. As long as you are fully committed to him. Amen. So let's land with Ezekiel. I'm going to land with two scriptures. Ezekiel 33, 7 to 11. Now this one is just a challenge. Where I started, I want to end it there because I want us to end putting a challenge to those of you who have not as yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've heard us talking about the river. Jesus says, whoever thirsts, come to me and drink. So only Jesus can quench the thirst that you have. But then it says it starts as a fountain. In Ezekiel, it started as just the water trickling. But the deeper you go, it ultimately becomes this river. And wherever this river goes, there will be life. Now, when now I have a river, when now I have something, I have Jesus in my heart, I need to share that with others. The river in me has to start making an impact in the lives of other people. Go with me to Ezekiel 33, 7 to 11, New King James Version, Mr. MJ. <clears throat> and for this, this is a challenge for all of us. And I think if we take this challenge seriously, Mr. Paziri used to encourage the people and tell them, come with neighbors, come with friends, invite people, come to church, let's fill the tent, let's do this. Because if each one of us can go out there and say, I am empowered as a witness. You remember in the book of Acts, it says, you will be empowered to witness for me wherever you go. But now if we are empowered to witness, we can't just sit with a dynamite. 
So Ezekiel 33, 7 to 11, New King James Version. So you, son of man. Okay. So point to somebody next to you. Say, so you. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so don't call them son of man. Just say you. <laughs> Ezekiel was calling them son of man. Mm. But you. Mm. So you. Mm -hmm. I have made you watchman for the house of Israel. So when he says, I have made you a watchman, now that you know me, now that you have a personal encounter with me, it's not enough for you to stay with this. I want you now to be a vessel in my hand mm. that can reach out to others. Read, continue. Therefore, you shall hear from my mouth. Yes. For me. Okay. You hear the word from my mouth but go and be my spokesperson. Go and warn them for me. Mm -hmm. When I say to the wicked, yeah. oh, so, wicked men. So the Lord, unlike what people say, leave me with my religion, leave me with what I believe is my own choice. The Lord says something. He says, when I say to the wicked, mm -hmm. oh, wicked men, you shall surely die. Yeah. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. Yeah. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, yeah. but his blood I will require at your hand. Okay. Now, when you are set up as a watchman, he's saying, now you know the truth. You know what has made you safe. It's like you have found something that has made you safe, and you see others still in danger. Why don't you warn them? Okay? So that they can also be safe like you. But if they decide to still continue the way they want, you can't force them. But at least you have blown the trumpet as a watchman to warn them. So we are warning you every Sunday. You find that as a pastor, I preach here. And I say, those of you who want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I've warned you. So now I've done my part. So what do you do with what I told you? That's up to you. Okay? But the least I should do, I need to tell you yeah. what the Lord says. Continue. Nevertheless, if you want the wicked to turn from his way, yeah. and he does not turn from his way, yeah. he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. So at least if we warn you, and some of us, we've got relatives whom we say we love a lot. Can't you warn them? Can't you warn them? You know that sometimes, you know it's very easy to bury somebody who is a Christian, whom you know this person has accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. We can boldly say, she is in a better place now. Mm. But now, you make it very difficult for some of us who are pastors, when we've got to bury you, and we know where you are. And now to please the relatives, you want us to say something. So some of us are very wise. We just preach the gospel and we don't talk about that one where that one has gone. We're doing like Pilate. We wash our hands. Okay? But at least if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we can speak with confidence and say she's in a better place now. Okay? So it's, you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Continue. Therefore you... O son of man, mm -hmm. say to the house of Israel, Thus you see, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, and we pine away in them, how can we then live? So these people were so much in sins that they were thinking, if my sins are so many, if this, 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 and really, some of you probably are thinking like that as I'm saying, you say, Pastor, you just don't know me. My life is in a mess. All those things, they are starting to weigh you down. You say, how can I then live? Continue. Say to them, yeah. as I live, says the Lord God, mm -hmm. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Yeah. Yes. Turn. Turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? So this is the call. That the Lord is making. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn. Turn. Why should you die in your sins? 
So, it's a personal thing. You know if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior or not. Sometimes when we make an altar call, you try to look if somebody else is standing also. So that you can also stand. But it's about your life. Okay? Let's just land with Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, NIV. And then I'm going to make an altar call because before we celebrate with those that have been baptized today, I think it's only fair to give, as a watchman, to sound the trumpet. You know, the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah. People were marrying, get married, and it was just, people were just busy. It's like the time we're living in now. And Noah was warning them that the great flood is coming. May you repent. The great flood is coming. They were thinking, who does he think he is? Probably some of them who were scientists were trying to prove him wrong. How is it possible that there will be water that can come even where we are? Some of us stay in high hills. man. We stay in high hills. And for a thousand of years, there's never water reached here. And some of them started talking about global warming. It's not possible. It's still a thousand years. What happened? The waters came. And when the waters came, now, all of a sudden now they are starting to think, this is real, this is real. Noah, please open. Noah, please open. Noah, please open. And it was late. So as long as you are still alive, it's not late yet. But if you ignore the call we are making, it will become late. Daniel 12, 3, I'm ending with that one, NIV. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. Yeah. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, I like it that, you see how we transgress, like I, I transvest all these things. I told you, I'm, this is talking to all of us. So we talked to those that have not as yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We talked to those that have accepted Jesus and were baptized today. We talked about those that have been in the Lord for some time. But we also talked about ministers of the gospel. But this one here is just putting a challenge to say, the greatest prophet you can make in the kingdom is the prophet of souls. So he says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Imagine shining like a star in the kingdom of my father. Imagine when I come to the Father and he says, well done, you good and faithful servant. Come and rule over much. You've been faithful over little. But of course there will be those who like, well, like the guy who had one talent. He says, I knew that you were a cruel master. You reap where you did not sow. And to that one he said, oh, you wicked and slothful servant. Bind him and throw him in the fire. The lake of fire where there will be gnashing of teeth. So the lake of fire is real. We just don't tell you enough about it. Hell is real. We just don't tell you enough about it because we tell you more of the love of God because if you embrace the love of God, you, don't, you won't go to hell. But we also need to warn you as watchmen to say if you refuse and you stay where you are and you do not accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will go to the lake of fire. Like you remember that man that was bound and say, bind him and throw him in the lake of fire. And you will be forever separated from God. That's not a place to be. So can I just make this call? Can we all stand up? I want to make an altar call. If you are here, Say, Pastor, I've heard you. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've heard the many things that you've said. 
How we can walk with the Lord each step of the way. I want this Jesus. I want the Jesus you were talking about, whom you said, he said, all authority and all power has been given to me. I want this Jesus that if I have him, my life will be changed. My life will be transformed. And I will be a new person. So, as we're getting a worship song, if you are here and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, before we celebrate with those that have been baptized today, I will make this call to you. As we are thanking God for the word that we've had, those of you who are Christians already, thank God for the word that you've had, pray and just thank God. But those of you who say, I want my life changed, I want God to change my life. You can't change your life yourself. So I will ask you, as we are praying, thanking God for the word that we've had, you can come to the fore, you can come here. We're going to help you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So let's get a worship song, and those of you who are already Christians, We'll be worshiping and praying and thanking God for the word that you've heard. We just take two minutes with that song so that we don't take too long. And those of you who say, I want Jesus in my life. I want him to change me like he changed Saul. I want him to change me, to transform me, that I can know that when I die, I will see him. In Jesus' name. Then you will come to the fore and we'll pray with you. And you will publicly declare Jesus as your Lord. Just like those that were baptized today, they will be coming. You will see them taking, being bold. Do you know that people of the world, when people do wrong things, they are bold. Do you know people who smoke what they do? They assume everybody smokes. They want to offer you. Scafe. Is it scafe? And they don't hide it's something they are proud of. Now, you are coming to accept Jesus and you think you are ashamed. No. You are do that's the best decision you can ever make in your life. That's the best gift you can give to yourself. So as we get the worship song, just two minutes, and then if you are there, you come to the phone to accept Jesus, we'll pray with you. How much we love, how